0: T-Bob has to jump in and, you know, get his two cents in and say, and I'm his robot, which kind of puts the lady on edge now. I think I would, too. Yeah.
1: Let me take a step back here. Yeah. The sound effects in this episode just plain sucked.
0: I'm not entirely sure what Backlash really does. So.
1: And then number two... Why did he not use his brakes?
0: And three, Gators half boat just ejected. <laughs> Safe <saved laughs> no day. Mask cast. Yes.
2: Select the mask agents best suited for this mission.
0: Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name Frontier. Wyatt B, e, sound engineer, movie writer, Airman, vehicle code name Dakota.
2: Personnel approved. Assemble mobile armored strike command.
1: Welcome, MassCast listeners, to MassCast number twenty-four, where we will be reviewing episode eighteen of the Mass Cartoon titled bad vibrations and in this episode venom threatens to blow up buildings in hong kong with a sonic weapon i am your host jason as always and i'm joined by my co-host the bigfoot to my grave digger wyatt how are you tonight
0: that's a pretty good analogy but you know what i remember the old days when we bigfoot and barefoot
1: yes i do too
0: and I still remember versus Chevy. Yeah, and I still remember One clip It's the barefoot actually Going into the Like a nearby beach or something And they have like five tires on each uh, Axle, right? Each hub
1: Yes, they, and he's on the water Right, and he's floating around
0: I thought that was the coolest thing ever when i saw that but then i i
1: remember that
0: yeah i haven't seen it since and i haven't youtube it. But i still that's like ingrained in my mind
1: so. bigfoot was huge for the longest time in the 80s it, and uh, it was. he used to do all those stunts remember the one where he jumped over the airplane
0: oh yeah
1: i mean it was like a major it was like you know the way they do now with New Year's Eve and those crazy stunts, where they're jumping over lakes and stuff, and snowmobiles and <laughs> motorcycles. But yeah, they—I mean, I remember they built that up, and then they—and uh, then Bigfoot had that huge jump over the plane.
0: Right, and I remember seeing it. I was uh, stationed there near its home, near uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, I remember passing it frequently. And I see the uh-huh. big. Bigfoot, they had the huge, huge tires, like, not the regular monster truck tires, they had the big, huge rims, and I swear they were, like, double the size, but...
1: It, it, was, it was way cool, I still have my Bigfoot board game, Ooh. Uh, I don't know if you remember us playing it, but uh, well. I break it out every once in a while with the boys, and uh, it was pretty fun, it came with four little plastic kind of Bigfoots, and these little cards, and on one side of the card, it had a very nice sports car, and then you flipped the card over, and it was all wrecked, <laughs> and you used them throughout the game, you know. Most of the time, it was just using the little Bigfoots as a toy, Right. But still have that. So, and obviously, we are pretty big Monster Truck fans still to this day. We play, uh, play Monster Jam. I've actually been to a couple events with the boys in the last few years, so still a good time.
0: Oh, yes. And speaking of good times, I wanted to promote my website. Uh, It's actually a slight combined effort with uh, Jason and I, but mostly mine. And that is Uh, clearfieldcounty.com. This is Jason and I's home county. Um, I've been away in the military for almost 18 years, and I am still dreadfully homesick. So because of that, uh, about ten years ago, I started this website in the hopes of really just capturing people's interest in getting to Clearfield, whether as a tourist or maybe promote some business, but also as a, a central hub of all types of links inside the county, like for amusement or real estate or local schools, government, etc. So. I just wanted to promote it because it's been on the internet for 10 years, and it's really been a great time having it evolve into from what looked like a little bulletin board thing into a almost news-like format, which is what uh, Jason helped me with here about a year or so ago.
1: Wow, it's been that long since we updated it?
0: <laughs> it's been that long.
1: Uh, no, Well, let me just say that um, it... It's come a long way. You've, you've put a lot of time, your heart, into into the site for our hometown of uh, Clearfield, Pennsylvania. And uh, a lot of people have come to, I think, appreciate it more. We're on Facebook now and Twitter. And I think we've got, what, 4,000 people out of our small little town there that, are, uh, that have liked the, the Facebook page for it. I mean, you've got uh, news feeds. You've got traffic cams. I mean, this is a great resourceful site for our little area back home and uh it would be fun for it to have some people just check it out at uh clearfield-county.com and you can see why it's handy work when he's not working on the mass script
0: or at work <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but um,
0: yeah just one congratulations more congratulations on 10 years yeah thank you and just one minor plug with it is we jason and i have been lifelong friends and If you listen to any of our MassCasts, especially the initial one, Meet the Writers, if you want to know more about us, uh, you almost just have to go to our website and you can really pick out where we're from uh, and see what our home area kind of rural life was like and still is in some ways. Um, But nonetheless, uh, we love it. I know I would love to go back to it. Uh, Don't know about Jason, but – we enjoy coming back it's time a, to time, and um, just a quaint little county. I miss it. Yep,
1: it is a nice area. It was, it was a really great area to grow up in, um, especially in the '80s. I guess you would say it was kind of rural and not very, not very large. I don't know what the population is now, but um, it was just a great area to grow up in. We had lots of good memories there. Lots so of good
0: memories. <laughs> nice to
1: nice to keep those. Uh, keep it alive, in other words. Right. So. Well, good job with that, and uh, let's go ahead and uh, roll on. What do you say?
0: That's right. Let's start the mass cast. So our episode begins with a grand opening celebration for a cultural building in Hong Kong. And they are thanking Matt for his generous contributions, like always, in uh, helping him build this cultural building. Scott's so proud, saying to this strange woman next to him...
2: He's my dad. I'm his son.
0: Which, I guess he's super excited, because he has to really explain that he is his son. (laughs) Uh, But, anyway, then T-Bob has to jump in and, you know, get his two cents in and say, and I'm his robot, which kind (laughs) of puts the lady on edge now. I think I would, too. (laughs) Let
1: me take a step back here. Yeah. Uh,
0: So, (laughs) as they're preparing to cut the ribbon... Matt whispers that he'd like to like his son to join in the ribbon cutting ceremony and you know he's actually surprised and almost a little apprehensive to jump up, but then Alex and T Bob encourage him to go and be a part of it.
1: Yeah, that was a neat little scene there because it's almost like Scott is kinda growing up, you know, and Matt isn't including him more in his business ventures. He just um, won't let him inclu-
0: be included in the Mask <laughs> versus Venom stuff. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. So, Scott comes up there, and, of course, T-Bob has another little crack up here where he says, uh,
2: Go on, Scott. This will be perfect for you. You're such a cut-up.
1: So, I was like, ugh, here we go again with T-Bob and his little sayings. That's right. Since uh, they were all over the last episode, but. Anyway, they get up there, they cut the ribbon, and then they start having these earthquake-like tremors uh, around the building. And then everybody kind of moves away from the front steps there, and the whole building just implodes. It collapses right in front of the crowd. And then you hear this warning announcement.
2: ATTENTION TO EVERYONE! THAT WILL teach YOU TO TAKE LAND FOR MOTHERLESS CHILDREN. THERE WILL BE DESTRUCTION ALL OVER HONG KONG. And LAST, I WILL HAVE MY REVENGE.
1: MOTHERLESS
0: CHILDREN? WHAT'S HE TALKING ABOUT?
2: AN OLD ABANDONED orphanage WAS demolished. to WILL MAKE WAY FOR THIS BUILDING.
1: So it was like, uh, who's this guy? Because it did not sound like mayhem. Right. So it, it kind of leaves that there's... I think he leaves it off that there's more to come and uh the mayor like person of the city there says that it used to be an old orphanage there that was demolished to build this huge skyscraper then we cut to Alex he's kind of in the rubble um and he finds this boulder that he kind of I think Matt is it Matt that taps on it and yeah. he says uh it's like hollow inside so Alex has his handy dandy uh sonar scanner He goes up there and uh, zaps the rock and says that whatever was inside is now melted. And uh, they end up taking the boulder uh, back to Rhino. And Alex gets out his uh, diamond drill bit on his drill to uh, cut into the boulder.
0: Right, and T-Bob is commenting on how sharp this drill is.
2: Alex's drill sure is powerful. It should be. It has a diamond tip. A diamond tip? He must really love his
1: tool.
0: Uh, yeah, that's one one of your roll-the-eye moments. there.
1: Yeah, and then, a little bling on your uh, power tools there. Uh,
0: so then Alex finishes up with the drilling and has Matt carefully fill the rock with wax to create a mold of what was inside. They wait a moment for the wax to hard, and then they crack it open. This is when they discover it was an electronic device, and Alex hopes... That the computer will figure it out. Well, before the computer figures it out, Matt, like, jumps in and says...
2: Whatever it is, we've got to move fast. Scan the personnel files for the masked agents best suited
0: for this mission. So now we have Gloria come up with Shark, but did you catch the little tiny blurp mistake when the call-up?
1: Well, and we'll get into this later, but, um, yeah... The sound effects in this episode just plain sucked. To oh, me. it
0: wasn't even that. Uh, for a split moment, you saw Bruce's call up on the screen, oh, no, and it I went didn't glory, see that. And then Dusty with Gator comes on scene, so now we got Gloria and Dusty along with Shark and Gator, respectively, and we finally get to see our transport plane take off. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, I like that. Um, it shows it in the desert, so it leads me to believe that it's somewhere near Boulder Hill, where it takes off. It's not like from an airport, at least at least not in this episode. It was like out in the middle of the desert. Right. Um, but it was neat to see that. I've, yeah, this whole call up was it was a normal one, which we didn't get last week. You know, it was in sequential where they showed the pictures on the screen and then they cut to the person doing their little spiel and then. And go to the next person but it had the odd sound effects and the, even the wristwatch alarms were different <laughs> and that just bugged the crap out of me
0: yeah the different sound effects just it didn't sit well with me uh, I know it seems like they try things out off and on throughout the episodes but the first yeah. you know if it ain't broke don't fix it
1: that's what I'm, That's kind of my point here is, you know is we've had these same kind of sound effects for 17 episodes pretty much, and now they're changing stuff. But anyway, um, we get out of the call-up, and we uh, fade back to Hong Kong. The team meets, I guess, in the hotel. Matt says,
2: The crime database revealed the top secret plans for a frequency resonator bomb were stolen six months ago from a Swiss research center.
1: And then Alex goes on to explain to Gloria that this uh, bomb uses structure's own vibrations to destroy it.
2: For example, soldiers can destroy a bridge by marching across it at just the right beat.
1: And then Matt goes on to say that there was no trace of who is behind the the theft of this bomb. So could it be Venom, or who could it be?
0: Right, (laughs) and that's what I liked about this episode, is that they actually left it open to... And, and didn't push Venom right yeah. right off the bat. You know, you think they, they always suspect Venom, but they didn't really push it this time.
1: Yes, that's very true. Um, and then we see Scott and T Bob kind of spying in on their little meeting, and T Bob is acting like he has hiccups.
2: Scott, I've got the.
1: Alex, then we cut back to him, and he's got this portable, like, seismograph, he says, that should help, you know, trying to detect. Um, this bomb or any you know early warning signs and then it starts going off i guess because of T Bob's hiccups in the next room and they walk over there and they discover Scott and T Bob are there and of course Matt gives him the old
2: sorry Scott but if you're looking for adventure you'll have to settle for some sightseeing
1: but he he kind of puts T Bob in charge here doesn't he he, he says uh
2: T Bob I'm depending on you to keep an eye on Scott and make sure he sticks to
0: sightseeing. Right, and I, I found it odd that he, he's putting the robot in charge, but um, <laughs> no I guess at the moment he just doesn't trust Scott to not get involved chasing down Venom. But, you know, I was thinking with this hiccup issue trait, whatever you want to call it with T-Bob, you know, we should start doing a pop quiz about all these human traits. And have a yeah. mask cast devoted to just pop quizzes on T Bob's human traits or something. I but uh, I
1: don't know. I don't know how many people would listen to that, but Yeah, I know. <laughs> T Bob's isn't exactly the most loved mask character.
0: No, he isn't.
1: At least he's not in my book, but <laughs> and there might be a few out there that would uh
0: I like the ability that he's a robot and he changes into a little scooter, but that's about all I got for him.
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: But so now we find ourselves with a new villain, at least it seems like, who's finishing a business call. That's right. The Golden Dragon Restaurant. As soon as you destroy it, I'll wire the money to your Swiss account.
2: I'll teach them to fire a busboy the first day on his job.
0: Inside, we finally come upon the infamous Rax, as he's just placed one of those resonator bombs at the restaurant. Mask is now out patrolling with Matt checking in with everybody as Alex radios in.
2: Feels like the calm before the storm. My word, there's the storm, and it's just down the block.
0: And then all of a sudden his mask lowers onto his head. And I don't know. I like the command thing. I guess they're getting off to this, uh, the computer's thinking ahead.
1: Yeah, well, I think later on in the episode, Matt um, uses a voice command to pull his mask down on his head in Thunderhawk. Right. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's another thing where it's just kind of inconsistent. They don't. I don't know if the the writers were sure what to do with the masks inside the vehicles because you see, like, well, obviously like Rax, who's got the open area with his bike can't do that so he's got it like tucked in behind the windshield and he just pulls it out and pops it on whenever he needs it right but i I would be okay with that instead of having it you know come down onto their head mechanically inside the vehicle but i don't know it's just kind of been off and on sometimes it sits well and sometimes it it doesn't so i didn't really have too much of a problem with it in this episode but um anyway um so they Roll up to the uh, restaurant, it's starting to shake and starting to crumble and crack. Matt sees this uh, man in the window in a few stories up and uh, he's calling for help and he tells Alex to go get him and Alex kind of hesitates and makes this wise crack with the old elevator talk. Yeah. Top floor please, housewares, cooking utensils, chef grab Rabbit, off! I was like, "Is now really the time to do that?"
0: Exactly. That's. I, I think that's what I, I, I'm nitpicking, but that was one of the, the my bigger markdowns, if you want to call it that, in this episode. Is you, you you're showing you can joke around before you go rescue someone.
1: Right, right. Really? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, this whole this whole cartoon is just full of those little puns and you know little wisecracks and stuff. But this is the first time I really noticed that they're doing it right before they're going to save somebody it would have kind of worked better if he was like floating up in the air and he said it as he was kind of like ascending to the window right you know, fourth floor uh, you know it, so he didn't like have to stop and say it before he went and rescued this guy but anyway so he uses the the jackrabbit mask to float up to the floor and rescue uh the chef who is uh help me help my uh, i can't remember what he says and uh Alex tells him, you going my way? And he grabs on his back, and they float out, and the restaurant just basically crumbles again, just like the the skyscraper at the beginning of the episode. Right. And they're all kind of standing around, and there's a real nice shot of kind of the rubble and masks, uh, vehicles, just kind of sitting there next to the rubble. Um, Then we cut back to Scott and T-Bob, who have just come out of the art museum. So this is like the first stop on their uh, tour of Hong Kong. And Scott says... But I'm
0: tired of being a tourist. I want to help Dad. I wouldn't be surprised if Venom's involved.
1: Venom?
2: That's all you ever think about. There are probably a zillion miles away
1: from here. Just about that time, Rax whizzes by on Piranha, and they don't notice him. Right. I thought that that was another kind of roll-your-eyes moment, um... We'll talk about that a little bit later, but it just seemed like uh, Scott and T-Bob had never seen Venom before. Uh, Anyway, T-Bob mentions about getting something to eat at the Golden Dragon, and then Scott says, I want a hot dog with a bunch of mustard. (laughs) Um, Bickering back and forth as they normally do. Right. But then we go back to the rubble.
0: Right, so we're back at the rubble of the Golden Dragon, and there's a crowd... That hears an announcement stating that the golden
2: dragon had risen so high, but on the sweat of others. Now that sweat has extinguished the dragon fire. Once again, revenge
0: is mine. So the mask team, you know, looks around and then it splits off to Gator driving down a street, and then we see Piranha going down it like a nearby street. Dusty happens to catch a glimpse of him and goes, "Oh," huh? and. <laughs> then his mask lowers from nowhere, and that's when he radios to, to Matt saying that Matt, we got us a
2: slide cat Good work, cowboy. We'll hit him off at the pass.
0: Matt has Alex and Gloria stay back to help with the disaster relief, I guess, and then Matt goes to help Dusty wrangle up old Rax. Then we see Rax knocking over a veggie stand with Dusty chasing behind rax lobs a little smoke grenade and then you know dusty has a little quip here saying this ain't a smoking zone and uses backlash to cut a hole into the smoke to drive through
1: really yeah really
0: i don't know how backlash (laughs) can do that but you know i'm not entirely sure what backlash really does so
1: yeah i don't know it seems more like a sonic kind of beam that it shoots out and can penetrate stuff. So. Right. But penetrate smoke, I was like, ah. And then, you know, we've been used to the the backlash sound effect. It has a particular sound effect for backlash. They used a different one this yep. time.
2: Backlash Oh.
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the, the smoke clears and uh, they, Thunderhawk is now with uh, Gator. They get through the smoke and they're closing in on Rax. Rax, uh, looks back and he. Uh, this is where he grabs stiletto from behind the windshield, puts it on and he fires the mask at Gator and it pops the f- front uh, tire and it sends Gator careening down this hill, kind of out of control uh, It ends up going through this barn and, <laughs> and all these chickens are now in with Dusty inside and then they're blocking his windshield too and it pans back, and we see he's heading towards a cliff with all these chickens right. <laughs> on his windshield. And then and he goes, "Oh no, we're heading for the last roundup!" Right,
0: and then that's when yeah. they fade to our ever-dramatic commercial break.
1: Yep, he goes over the cliff and commercial. Right.
0: So after the break, yeah, we see Matt launch two jet blast pods, I guess, which end up attaching to the underside of Gator. There's a minor adjustment Matt has to do, and then it ends up, they end up igniting and landing a gator back on dry land, which I I, I don't know where the dry land was. All, we, all I saw was ocean.
1: Yes. I had two points right here. Number one, where did the ground come from? Because we see him going over the cliff, and there's nothing but ocean there. Right. And then number two, why did he not use his brakes?
0: And three, gators half boat just ejected and saved <laughs> no the day kidding <laughs> but
1: oh my god three there was three <laughs> three backlashes there at that uh, that whole scene right good great. so
0: anyway you know Dusty thanks Matt but he jokingly remarks that the chicken which has been in his lap this entire duration
2: but I got a feeling from now on this chicken's gonna be laying nothing but scrambled eggs
0: Ha ah, ha ha! So we're back at Scott and T Bob, and they're looking at going somewhere else, and finally come to a conclusion to go to uh, the Hong Kong Zoo. Well, they walk up to a overpass, and while they're standing on it, Scott informs him that it's off in the distance, and he has to explain where and where, and it's way off the distance across a bridge, and state that. And then T Bob comments that nothing gets past you. As Jackhammer rolls underneath the underpass. (laughs) Yeah, Scott... I don't think Scott's qualified to join Mask just yet.
1: Yeah, not according to this episode, at least. No. So we've forgotten what Jackhammer looks like and Piranha. Yeah, really. Or at least least we're not paying attention. Um, Anyway, so we go back to Rhino's command center, and Gloria says... So
2: far, all we know is some nut is out for revenge. Think it's mayhem? Maybe. I'm hoping good old reliable Alex will come up with a confirmation.
1: Alex has a good lead by cross-referencing the records of the orphans who stayed at the orphanage that were that was destroyed by the for the building of the uh, the new skyscraper with the Golden Dragon employees. I thought this was really good. This was clever. Right. Um way to kind of narrow down some leads uh the computer identifies mr julian fong who is a rich construction company owner um there was another kind of weird pause here i mean they bring his picture up on the screen and then it like goes to black
0: yeah i noticed that
1: um and then there's like a long pause there where glory and dusty are like open-mouthed you know like this is like some huge surprise to see this guy Anyway, after that little meeting in Rhino, we cut to Rax now, who is hopping from his bike into the sub. And he enters the harbor, goes down underneath all the ships, and he surfaces near this yacht. And then this is when we finally see mayhem, and he's on the phone. Look, Fong, if you expect us to continue doing business, you're going to have to pay double.
0: I told you never
2: to use my name. I'm prepared to pay you one million dollars. Not a penny more. You forget. I have the resonator bomb, so I set the terms.
0: Two million.
2: That's better. What do you want us to destroy next? Consider it done. As soon as my money's in Switzerland, that
1: is. But they don't reveal which location is next. Not like that. That built up a little bit of suspense there.
0: Right. And so Rex enters into the room and informs... Miles, that Mask is now in Hong Kong and is on to them, so, you know, now what, boss? Then it just flips right back to Rhino, and the computer has come up with a psychological profile analysis. And with this analysis, they learned that Fong was loved in the orphanage, but he wasn't as a young adult. And then subsequently, he was fired from several jobs, I guess starter jobs so one of them including being uh, suspected and possibly charged with embezzlement. So now Fong is just seeking revenge out of all this because he was wronged or not loved. Whatever the issue is, he's out for revenge. So now the computer now ascertains that there's three possible targets that Fong might be looking at. The team ends up splitting up, and covering these three sites with Matt kind of overseeing everything from the sky. We yeah. we flip right back to Scott and T-Bob, and they are now looking for their next sightseeing location with Scott you know, pining away that he wishes he was with his dad. He's, I guess, standing out in the street because a limo pulls up. We find out it's Mr. Fong, and Scott says, oh, sorry, and then – He goes away, which that didn't that didn't sit well with me. That was more like like you say a rolls your eyes moment there.
1: Yeah, he he kind of stepped out. I think they were trying to cross the street or something. He kind of stepped out into traffic, and the limo has to stop for him. And he kind of looks in and tells him sorry. But he wouldn't have known who this Fong guy is anyway. So you know, he's this is another one of those kind of coincidental moments where you know Scott could have, I guess radioed into Matt using T-Bob that Venom is up to something here, but he had no idea who this guy was, so didn't have too much of a big deal with it, but anyway, uh, Scott tells T-Bob, let's go on this double-decker bus ride, and T-Bob, he makes a crack about
2: hmm, I'll have to talk to Buddy about giving me a double-decker mode.
1: I was like, whoa, okay, I thought it was Scott doing all the adjustments on him.
0: That's what I thought. It this kind of blew my theory out of the water.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I guess Buddy is the one that's doing the major work on T-Bob. Anyway, they go inside the bus, and they sit down, and the camera kind of pans over, and we see Rax. He's in disguise riding on this bus. And then we cut right to Matt. He's above the city now in Thunderhawk, and he's checking in with uh, all the agents
2: Liberty Center looks clear so far. Keep your eyes peeled. Come in, Alex. Having a good time at the movies? We have a cast of thousands. But no sign of the villains yet, old boy. How are things at the bank, Dusty? Not really holding my interest.
1: We cut back to Scott and T-Bob exiting the bus, and then we see Rax exiting, too, out the back, and kind of goes around the corner. And Scott and T-Bob kind of, oh, this is uh, Liberty Center. Let's uh, let's go in here and see what's going on. And uh, Gloria is out patrolling, and she spots them. And she radios to Mad. Scott!
2: Trouble, Matt. Scott and T-Bob just went into Liberty Center.
0: I'm going in to get them out. Just in case there's trouble.
2: Alex, Dusty, maintain positions. I'm heading for Liberty Center. So
1: Gloria enters the building, and she's searching around for Scott and T-Bob. And then we see Rax planting this bomb on top of the elevator. And uh, it starts to move, and he jumps out and out of the uh, elevator shaft there. And he says something like, oh, I'll never find it here, or something. And uh, Scott and T-Bob then, they head up this escalator to the ice cream shop. And Gloria sees them on the floor above, and she takes the elevator to... Get up to Scott and T. Bob, and that's when the vibrations start.
0: Right, and it's as Scott is actually salivating over the tubs of ice cream, we yeah. see all the the tremors start. So T. Bob asks, "Huh? Ooh,
2: what's going on?
0: All I know is that I didn't order an ice cream shake." Ha uh-huh. ha! And you know Gloria exits the elevator. She's advising Matt of the situation, and she now has her mask. This whole time, she was like carrying along her mask, so that kind of blows that are cover right there to me uh, <laughs> yeah but nonetheless you know Matt alerts the rest of the team and they have to gun it towards Liberty Center and here's where I noticed a little glitch here you know as he's saying this Matt's mask is coming down but as it's starting to move down that's when he gives the command it's like he's late yeah. on the game you know
1: yeah it was a little late
0: so uh, anyway so Scott and T-Bob take cover then Matt tells Gloria that he's going to try to neutralize the vibrations with feedback. He uses Spectrum Jammer to try to neutralize the vibrations, but as he's verbally working this situation out, he realizes that. Range and keeps
2: moving up and down, almost like it's. That's it, Gloria. The bombs in one of the elevators. The elevator stopped in the basement. Go for it.
0: Outside, we see Miles watching uh, in Switchblade as Matt is. You know, shooting this jammer at the building. He instructs Rax and Dagger to stop them. Gloria now just can't find this bomb, but Matt like argues with her that, hey, keep searching. It's there. I see it. It's there. It has to be.
1: And then, uh, so Rax and Dagger finally get on the scene. Rax shoots this torpedo at uh, Matt, and it hits behind Thunderhawk, and finally Dusty shows up to give Matt some support. And he uses Backlash again to kind of make this blast right beside both Jackhammer and Piranha, and it causes them to kind of tip over and crash. Now, now one thing I did notice here again with the sound effects the sound effects for the weapons on the vehicles that sounded more like real, like machine guns and not the laser, you know, sound effects they had been using. Basically, this whole time. Right. Um, so, that that was kind of oddball to me. But anyway, so after the vehicles tip over and crash, we see Rax and Dagger running away, and Miles, he's up high, he sees them running, and. Oh, fumbling I'll have to deal with this myself! So, he uh, shoots at Thunderhawk, and then Alex finally gets in the action he comes in and he shoots the blast from the rhino cannons and it hits the switchblade rotors and it kinda knocks him off kilter there and mayhem radios to venom Run,
2: Meet me back at the harbor! We delayed them long
1: enough! I was like okay well they don't have any vehicles they're running right. it's gonna take a while to get back to the harbor anyway so uh... After Switchblade has kind of suffered the effects of this blast of the rotors, he converts to jet mode. And as he's taken off, he says, it's too late to stop that resonator bomb inside the building. So Matt radios to Gloria. We're back inside. And Gloria still has no luck finding it. And then she finally realizes that it may be on top of the elevator. Um, So she looks up. She uses Aura. To open the little elevator access door in the ceiling.
2: Wait a minute. I know where it is. Aura on that, I
0: found it.
1: And I was like, really? She needs to use the mask for that?
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> Are you a lazy woman? Come on. But
0: what was even more impressive <laughs> is that she pulled a superman. And she like flies yeah, she like... out, but you know, I'm like, oh, really?
1: They don't really show her, like, bending down to jump up to uh, to grab the the elevator ceiling. She just kind of floats up <laughs> right. and grabs it.
0: Uh, but she ends oh, up finding anyway. the bomb and turns it off.
1: Thank God it only had a little push button, you know? How convenient. I know. This <laughs> is like, uh, well, does it come with... Uh, Auto door locks and heated seats on this bomb. <laughs> right. It's
0: not like the good push old. Push
1: button start. You
0: know, you would think it would be suspenseful, like good old MacGyrie. You, know, you have three stupid switches. You have to.
1: Three wires to cut. Yeah, three wires
0: to cut or a mercury <laughs> switch. You can't move the thing too fast. Uh, just
1: a convenient push button. That's all we need. Yeah.
0: So uh, as the emergency subsides, Scott and T-Bob end up reuniting with Matt. And, you know, T-Bob is now covered in ice cream. Uh, Scott kind of quips that he looks delicious, and yeah. then we fade out to an to an office building. I guess it's the hotel building. Which, yeah,
1: I think it was the hotel
0: with Matt finishing a call in which the authorities have captured Julian Fong, but of course, old Venom has slithered away.
1: Because you didn't go after me, you dummy! I know. <laughs> Did you notice, like when they cut back to the hotel, it looks like Matt has black hair. I saw that. That was a big glitch. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they were trying to like show him in the shadows or something of the room, but I was like, who's this guy talking like Matt? And then they'd show him again. I was like, oh, it is Matt. Right. I had to like go back and <laughs> oh, Matt uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt had a little bin life crisis, and he broke out the hair dye to, to get rid of some gray. <laughs> anyway.
0: So anyway, we got, you know, Gloria asks how T-Bob got so clean from all the ice cream. Scott's kind of in pain, it seems like. He has a little painful tone. He says, don't ask. And then T-Bob insists, so Scott reveals that...
2: Well, I couldn't bear to see all that ice cream go to waste, so I... Mm, ate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Didn't want to waste it.
0: Exactly. So the group gets a laugh, and we cut to our PSA.
1: Right, and, uh This time, Scott is soldering. Um, He's giving T-Bob a new circuit something. I couldn't make out exactly what he said. It's like this little board that he was soldering. And I was like, well, I guess we're back to our theory where Scott is doing some work on T-Bob.
0: Right. And this is where uh, I kind of suspect, after seeing this, I kind of suspect that Buddy might be the mechanic on T-Bob. But Scott is like the electronic technician. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Could be. Anyway, uh, he leaves his soldering iron on, and it starts a fire. The smoke alarm goes off, and Scott grabs the fire extinguisher and starts to put it out and says, It
2: was a good thing Dad installed that smoke detector.
1: It could have been a real disaster. And then T-Bob makes a crack.
0: He always has a disaster when fixing T-Bob. This was just kind of a lame PSA. Uh, it's a good thing they installed the smoke detector. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would have thought they could have said something about, you know, why, you know, you got to be careful what you're doing, you know, put the starting iron away or how to yeah. use a fire extinguisher in the event, you know, call 911. If you got a fire <laughs> nothing. So, yeah. Uh, what did you rate this episode as?
1: Well, I gave this one a three. Um, the same as last week. And I was almost teetering on two, but my, anyway, here's here's the good things I pulled out of it. I liked that it was more than just Venom as the bad guys. You know, just typically, uh, what's Venom up to this time? But they used this uh, new character to kind of take a break from the mystical part, and Venom is, their motivation this time is more just for the money, maybe the... Just fund the organization and all their costs and stuff. So I thought that was a good, you know, break from the norm. Um, and you know, the, it seems like the last few episodes has been nothing but you know, the legend and mystical kind of part of the whole cartoon, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But it was a nice break, um, and there was good drama at the end. Inside with Scott and T-Bob still in the building, the building is collapsing, they can't find the bomb. Um, so there was some good drama there. The bad? Well, um, the sound effects just bugged the crap out of me. The wristwatch alarms, the mask computer, the vehicle guns, even the masks uh, themselves, the sound effects were just not what have they have been consistently since the beginning. So that really didn't sit well with me that they just decided uh maybe they left their sound effect guy to take a vacation or something and <laughs> somebody had to fill in. But uh the way they used Scott and T Bob was I don't know, kinda hokey. Um I liked how they kind of finally, you know, got involved at the very end, but just the way that they had no clue what Venom looked like just seemed I don't know, just not their personality that they've built up in these these episodes so far. And there's just a couple ticks, I don't know, maybe you can get, I'll get your take on this, but the Rhino rocket launcher, um, it just didn't seem to look right when they're inside the command center and you see it in the background or they're standing next to it, um, when they're strategizing there, it, Almost looks like it was in the way, or it was almost too crowded in there at times.
0: Well, you know, I think it was actually good to have it there. You know what it's like. You know that it is a kind of a cramped spot. Uh, I
1: like. But they never sh- they, they never shown it in the in like previous episodes right. during their little powwows in the in the command center. They just decided to start adding it, I guess.
0: Right, and I actually like it because it is part of Rhino, and if you. If it were movable, uh, like, lo- like a little slide platform or something, I could see. But I, yeah. I think of it as a fixed rocket launcher. So I actually like that it's there, but it <laughs> is annoying because you do look at it and think they could have moved it or gotten it out of the way, so it makes it look more roomy. But
1: well, the way you know, the way Dusty is and how hokey and seem you know, seemingly clumsy. I'm just waiting for him to lean up against it and like set it off accidentally or something. That would be hilarious. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and then just one more thing. Um, Did you notice that this was... I think this was the first episode that we had Gloria without Vanessa. So it was kind of weird just having one without the other.
0: Right. I did notice that. I didn't think too much into it, but I did find it a little odd. Usually usually when... um, They have Gloria, they have Vanessa. So So what was your rating? Uh, I was hovering on a 3.5 to 4. But as I'm reviewing this with you, uh, I got to come down. I I think a 3 is probably about par for it. Like you, I liked the episode. I liked that we suspected it might be someone else other than Venom causing all this, and we might be battling another enemy. I actually liked the... Kind of aerobatics that Switchblade had, you know, was slightly dramatic, not overly, but the slight dramatic of, you know, is Switchblade ever going to pull up after being nicked and even in jet mode, is he going to pull out of this? He ends up, of course, flying out of there, but it was still, I liked that. I thought T-Bob and Scott were used way too much. Um, I agree. I see what they were doing and how they used them. But I think they were still used way too much. Uh, we talked about the PSA; didn't seem as much of a PSA as it could have been. We talked about it. What, I wasn't a fan of the casual joking in an emergency when you're trying to rescue someone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm being too critical, but you know, you're you're, you're promoting public service announcements. You at least should be kind of sort of aware yeah. of what you're promoting in the cartoon too.
1: It was just wisecrack overkill.
0: Right. Did you notice how when they're meeting in Rhino and then they say, okay, let's go, team. So Alex jumps out of Rhino. But in the scene where they're he's parked outside uh, the movie theater, he's sitting in Rhino. So...
1: Uh, I didn't notice that. Did he
0: like, jump out to take a quick pee break and jump back in or what? <laughs> I... so um the different sound effects were kind of a bigger thing with me yeah Uh, i I, that um matt's dark hair that little bit i think they just forgot to you know color in in. color it in (laughs) i I guess is what the mistake was because i thought that you know i'm like you had to pause and go so there's another matt oh 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 they just forgot to draw the yellow in um so yeah i was really teetering on it but the more I'm looking at this, I I did put it on the poll as a four. Uh, I wish I could change it because I, I think three is probably the best. Because I was even teetering, three point five, and I thought, oh, I'll pull a Jason and round it up.
1: <laughs> I, no rounding for me in this. No, opinion. I I can't do it. <laughs> did
0: you catch any similarities at all
1: to the script? No, I I really was trying to, <laughs> and I didn't. So, what did you pull anything out?
0: Very, very vaguely stuff. Like the desert setting for the transport plane, that's a very vague, because we really don't know where this transport plane is housed. I would kind of assume that it's hangered at Boulder Hill, but it could be some defunct airstrip somewhere else. Um, Venom looking for money, you know, to fund their cause. We said last time that yes, we gave them kind a- of a humble beginning in our movie, so... They they're really having to just scrape to get by, so they're out robbing stuff to kind of fund their their cause. Um, the only other thing I saw was when Matt used Spectrum, and he says Spectrum jammer. Now we use the uh, voice commands, but we use them specific in the movie. You know, for this instance, if we were to use Spectrum jammer, we would say Spectrum jammer on. Then when we're done, we say off. It's just a switch. It's a voice switch. Um, that's really all I pulled from from the uh, episode. I think we have four votes this week.
1: Yep, we uh, didn't get too many people to to uh, vote this week. Uh, three for a four, and one my one for a three. And that one um, four is,
0: needs to be switched somehow. So
1: it's <laughs> so it's two and two. That's right.
0: So we have one comment this week. It's from our buddy Anna. She says, this is a nice episode. I like the character Julian Fong, and I almost understand him a little. Why did he get fired from all those jobs? Did he do something wrong, or were they just being mean to him? A resonator bomb is, anyway, an interesting weapon, and Alex Sector explains really well how it works. That was a great comment. um, Thanks, Anna. Yes, thank you very much.
1: Well, that's going to about do it for MassCast24. We appreciate everybody listening each week, and we, of course, invite you to go back and listen to previous episodes. Uh, I believe iTunes uh, keeps about uh, three months' worth of our podcasts up there. If you want to go back deeper than that, we invite you to go to mixcloud.com and sift through our archives there. It goes all the way back to our, like Wyatt said earlier, our Meet the Writers podcast, which was number one. And then we started going into the Masked uh, cartoon episodes. But we invite you to go there, and we also invite you to come back for mass Cast 25. Can you believe we made it to 25? I know. Uh, we'll be talking about episode number 19 called Ghost Bomb and in this episode Venom plots to destroy the Panama Canal with a captured nuclear submarine. So another one outside of the US going international and wreaking some havoc Uh, and we are vastly approaching episode number 20 of the cartoon which means we'll have a review show coming up probably I would say next month on episodes 11 through 20 And if you guys will remember, we basically did this uh, when we finished through episodes one through ten, where we give a a short little review of each episode and then we take a look at our ratings for every episode and compare them and we determine which is maybe the best and worst episodes through episodes eleven through twenty and uh, maybe some defining moments or a a moment that sticks out in our mind that kind of defines Mask in those 10 episodes so we invite you to keep listening and to come back uh, next month for a, a wrap up episode
0: right and like we always say we have a great time with MassCast we thank you for listening we encourage you to to follow us on our Twitter account on Facebook and of course at our blog Mobile Armored Strike Command Movie Command with a K of course dot blogspot Dot com, and on behalf of Jason this is Wyatt and we look forward to seeing you next time on MassCast